Backboard Banter on the board. With your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter is as ferocious as the Houston Rockets. Longest winning streak in the NBA, my friend. Starting off 1-16, now 8-16. Let's go! I'm pretty sure in the history of the NBA, we have never seen a team lose 15 games straight and then go on a 7 plus game win streak it is insane what the rockets are doing right now not only have we never seen it back to back it's never been done period in a single season where a team has lost 15 in a row and has had a winning streak of seven or more games it is just wild what they're doing absolutely insane maybe that rebuild is going to turn around a lot faster than we anticipated kevin oh i mean there's a lot of things to break apart apparently it has a lot to do with daniel tice going to the bench and christian wood moving from four to the natural five but we'll break it down later we'll get into it more because matt basketball may be exciting but we're in week what 14 now of the nfl we're getting down to the wire yeah but kevin you're you're, you're skipping ahead man you're skipping ahead we want to talk As about about our our takes first from from last week you know your gs take came true Phoenix got the dub, and uh, my reverse curse ended the Bucks' winning streak. So we'll talk about those those games later. But you know, we gotta we gotta talk about the the takes. You know, I got something right, and it made me forget that I got something right because it doesn't normally happen. So I was just trying to roll along as I normally do. You know? Yeah, man. But you know me, always in the wrong. So I'm feeling it this week. But but, but you're in the wrong to be in the right, Matt. Yeah, man, gotta try and get those Raptors some wins. They need it whenever they can get it. But you're right, man. Week 13, the NFL happened. Awesome, as always. Um, Started off with a pretty good game on the Thursday night. The Cowboys were able to handle the Saints. Uh, Taysom Hill, uh, the the running back quarterback, uh, two touchdowns, four picks, though. Uh, He kind of struggled. Dak didn't look great, but he looked better than Taysom who threw, threw those four INTs and He's just not a quarterback in this league. I feel bad for the guy. Uh, Sean Payton loves him, but I don't feel too bad for him because he's got like $55 million guaranteed money for being like a fringe NFL player. So good for him. Great career. The Cowboys needed this win, I think. And the Saints, like the poor Saints at this point in time, they just, they keep on slipping, I think, at this point. Yeah. uh, Without Jameis Winston, man, uh, they've got some issues at quarterback that's really exposing this team. They don't have Alvin Kamara out there at, as well this week, that past weekend. Um, so it's it's tough when you're losing some of your best players. Um, a game that I thought was going to be decent, you know, New York versus Miami, didn't end up being a, a decent game. But Miami, man, five-game win streak? They're on a roll at the moment. They're 6-7 and seven after, what, 1-7 and seven start? Absolutely insane. I mean, I'm always happy for your boy Tua to have some victories and you know I, I like win streaks we love talking about win streaks in the nba and in football it's a lot harder to go on a win streak that's for sure yeah anything five games or more um those are some pretty good win streaks um a team that can't put together a win streak my minnesota vikings my friend they did end the detroit lions losing streak though um what a joke like honestly i don't know how they could let the Lions do that. The Lions had a huge second quarter run to put them ahead for most of the game. But, you know, Justin Jefferson with like a minute 56 left in the game, he gets a touchdown to put the Vikings ahead. Everyone's thinking, okay, you know, the Lions, that's, that's what they do. But Jared Goff <laughs> to St. Brown for his first TD of his career. It's a walk-off TD. It, Jared Goff's first win without Sean McVay. Just wild. Just wild. 
it's why it's why like as a fan I understand why you're upset on the one side, but like you know looking at the Detroit Lions, looking at the suffering that they've gone through, you know getting that tie a few weeks ago to bring out this W to do it in the last second, the storylines for everybody coming together like. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I saw the the coach's interview post game, and he was like, "I was so proud of the boys to finally get this win for them." So, big happy moment for Detroit and their fans. Honestly, they've been pretty close to winning a few games this year. Um, they already came close against Minnesota in Week Five. I think Minnesota only won 19-17. That last second field goal by Baltimore Ravens, they went down and they tied the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've been in like so many games where they've lost on a 50-yard-plus field goal. I think they've had the most in NFL history to this point wow. in the season. Like it's, it's just absolutely insane. So, yeah, it's good for them to get the win uh, as a Vikings fan. It, it just kind of is a little sad. Um, but, you know, it's not sad. The AFC young quarterbacks and the duo between the Chargers and Cincinnati Bengals, Herbert versus Burroughs, did not disappoint. It was a little bit of a game of runs. I mean, you had 24 unanswered for LA to start the game, 22 unanswered for the Bengals until Joe Burrows really hurts his hand. Um, and then the game kind of flips again for the Chargers 19 straight. Hope Joe is okay. Uh, he seemed to fight through it. If his stats go bad for the rest of the year, I don't expect him to do much damage in the playoffs, if anything. Uh, but if his stats go bad, I'm just going to throw that out. He's a great quarterback. <laughs> I mean, the Bengals are kind of, you know, they're second in the AFC North, right? So they're... They're hanging around. They're there, but it's tough when you can have that big run, pull you back, pull you back, pull you back, and an injury makes it so that you know the score looks a little bit more dangerous, a little bit not quite what the game was up until that point, right? Yeah, man. Unfortunately, um, they just couldn't get the win, but they, they couldn't run the ball on that Chargers defense. And the Chargers do have a really good team. Uh, they've been in my top 10 a lot this year, um, and it, I might be giving a hint to them being back in it this week again. <laughs> Um, but a, a, a team that fell out just for kind of a, a little bit of a time there, KC, they absolutely handled their business against the Denver Broncos. Again, though, the defense is the story of the of this team. Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily look like the Patrick Mahomes that we're all accustomed to him looking like. But, man, in the playoffs, this guy, this team, I don't know if I trust anybody more. So, yeah, Kansas City, buddy. They're, they're a great team. It's it's possible that he's just, you know, kind of chilling. He's realized that the defense has put in work, and if he just gets, you know, a couple of TDs, gets them close enough for a couple of field goals, they're going to they're gonna win their games, and the playoffs is where it matters. So, you know, we don't want him to get injured. We don't want anything bad to happen. I want Casey to steamroll into the playoffs because, like, I mean, Mahomes at his best, right, Matt? Oh, what a time. Absolutely. When he's at his best, the league is a better place. They've got the second longest winning streak in the NFL. Second to the New England Patriots, who were able to beat your Buffalo Bills, man. 14-10 to 10 on a Monday night windy game, where Mac Jones throws three times, completing two for 19 yards, and they win that game. The Bills lost? What, do you, what are we talking about here, man? <laughs> I'm just, all I can imagine is Bill Belichick just, like, pulling Mac's side and being like, so, hey, you're not going to be a part of this game today. I hope you're okay with this. We're gonna we're just gonna run. We're gonna we're gonna run a ton. Like what? Crazy. Like I mean, you and I were talking about it earlier. Like Bill Belichick, you may be the goat coach at the end of the day. 
He's 100% the GOAT coach. It absolutely had something to do with his trust in Mac Jones's arm, but he was able to devise a game plan in which he didn't need it. Of course, he would have liked to win by more. Of course, he would have liked to convert more on third down to have bigger plays and have Mac Jones a bigger part of the game. But man, that is great coaching at its finest. You coach in the moment, not, you know, our team does this on a regular basis the best. So we're going to do this. He's like, what can we do right now in this game yeah. on this time frame? And he executed it perfectly, man. Uh, they had just like really one massive run. They only had one offensive touchdown, um, but it, it was it was enough. That's, that's all they needed. 14-10, good win for them and uh, it keeps them rolling, man. And I think that's that's really it in terms of the games that I wanted to talk about, though. You do feel bad for the Bills, right? Because this was their opportunity to to tie it up, to kind of join the Patriots at that eight and five situ or eight and five, whatever it was. Would have been each know, eight and four. Yeah, or eight and four, maybe, or eight, I don't know. Either way, eight and five. Regardless, like I kind of feel bad for the Bills at this point in time because their season has just been rocky, Matt. And like, I want to go through a table, but at this point, it's not happening. I don't think it's happening, man. Um, I think that 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 game plan proved that they don't have a championship caliber roster. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know they have a chance at them again in a couple weeks. Um, so we'll we'll see how the rematch goes. Uh, but it brings us to our top ten, man. Um, honestly, not a lot of movement at the top, but we'll we'll start with the back end here. Um, Tennessee was on a bye, but it's more about the other teams, kind of what they did around them and the faith that I have and the fact that they don't have Derrick Henry, um, that I that I bumped them to number 10 here. So nothing that they can really do about it. Just when you're focused on Ryan Tannehill and you're all banged up, uh, you had a great run in the middle of the season, but you're not looking for a great run in the middle. You're looking for a great run to end it. Um, <laughs> a team that I think could have a great run to end it that's kind of been choppy most of the season they've been hit by injuries all year baltimore ravens um they lost to the pittsburgh steelers again that's a divisional rival one of the biggest rivalries in the nfl um so it's it's a big game for pittsburgh to get up for they did get up for it and baltimore really could have won that game on that two-point conversion uh it hits mark andrews in the hands if he reels that in that's a touchdown and we're talking about them winning that game not losing it um so i think the the baltimore ravens are fine um, I think they're going to do some damage. Uh, your Buffalo Bills, though, had a better better loss, in my opinion, even though it was a little embarrassing with the three passes. Um, <laughs> but New England's on a, on a roll, man. They're, they're super hot right now. Um, I honestly think Buffalo should have won that game. They, they I think they outplayed them. They, it looked like they have a better roster. Um, they had more red zone chances. They just couldn't convert. It looked like they were just kicking themselves in the foot. Um, so I'll, I won't ding them too much for losing to a really hot team and probably one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, and then you got the Chargers. Uh, they had a great win over Joe Burrows, man, and, and those Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they have a scary, scary A game. If they play at the best of their abilities, they could be anyone in the NFL. And I think that's why why they're coming in at number seven. And really, that, that kind of goes with the shakeup. Everything else is, is kind of standard from last week. We've got the Cowboys coming in hot at number six. They're getting uh, back on track and healthy at the right time. Um, they beat a, a weak Saints team, but, you know, they still got the victory. Um, New England steamrolling. I guess it's not steamrolling, but they it kind of is with the running game and like you know it's like a steamroller the way that they did it. They've they've found that magic that New England has kind of always had for t what twenty years at this point in time, oh, right? Geez, so yeah, like, it's 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 coming together, and that's a scary thought for a lot of teams in the league to see New England 
figure themselves out without Brady. Like, oh, it's going to be interesting. Absolutely going to be interesting. And young Mac Jones looks so much like young Tom Brady. Not current Tom Brady, young Tom Brady. Um, That's scary. So Bill's definitely the GOAT coach. And if he does it again, I, I don't think there's any argument in the history of, of the NFL for the rest of the time uh, that he's going to be the number one coach. But, you know, Amen. You, you got Green Bay coming at number four. They were on a bye week this week. They're getting healthier coming off the bye. Um, I expect them to do some damage in the playoffs. Casey keeping it at number three, man. Again, it's that shutdown defense. I'm still a little nervous about Mahomes, but I, I have faith. I have total faith. Um, Tom Brady, the, the the curse killer himself, man. They beat Atlanta 30-17. to 17. He's two for two against the curse. I'm going to keep him in the spot, man. Let's see if he can go three <laughs> for three because um, he's just beating, beating it down, getting that number two spot record uh, back to respectability you know, for me. <laughs> and then we've got Arizona, man. Kyler's return. They beat the Bears 33 to 22. What what more can I say about this team, man? They just keep winning. They win with Colt McCoy, two out of three. Kyler Murray, they lost that one game to Green Bay on a last second play that they should have won. Um, I think this is the best team in the NFL, and I expect them to be in the Super Bowl, man. The top is pretty static, right? Like we know who the three best teams are right now. And man, I was doing a little research, right? Because like you know me, I like to pay attention and. The top four teams, like the seedings for both the AFC and the NFC, have not changed in the last three weeks that I've looked at them. It's been Patriots, Titans, Ravens, Chiefs, and then Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys. They've shifted around between one and four, but mm-hmm. they've consistently been the top teams overall. So I'm really enjoying that. Like at week 14, we kind of know at this point where most of these teams are going to end up. Oh, yeah, exactly. And this is the last week for all those fantasy players before their fantasy playoffs. Um currently in the pole position right now for my league um so looking at that first round by hopefully i can can lock it down with a win this week uh but the week 14 games that i'll be watching my friend cleveland versus baltimore um cleveland really desperately needing to get a win uh baltimore uh, again needing a win to to keep uh their high fc seating alive uh maybe even a chance at that buy Kansas City versus the Raiders divisional game. Kansas City uh, kind of beat them down the other week, and the Raiders put it back on them. They lost again the Raiders this week, which was sad. You know, after I gave them props last week, they they had to do it to me. But um, hopefully, they can they can bring it back this week. Uh, Buffalo Tampa should be a really good game. Tom Brady owns those Buffalo Bills, but you know that's in a Patriots uniform. Can he keep it going in a Bucks uniform? Uh, Burroughs versus the the 49ers, you know, since he's needing a good win to keep their playoff hopes, um, you know, entrenched right there. San Francisco needs the win in order to climb into the playoffs, so it's going to be a good game. And then Rams versus the Cards, man, battle for the top of that division. Let's see if the Rams can pull it pull it within a couple games here and, and you know, put some pressure on the Cards down the stretch for, for a home playoff seating. Definitely some good games coming up, some good storylines this week. I'm obviously most interested in Bill's Bucks because Tampa, it's week three, Brady. You're going up against the curse. Is it third time's the charm? Is it the Bills coming over it? Like, that's the story that I'm going to be watching, man. Man, I think the the curse doesn't affect Tom. I think, if anything, (laughs) Tom has some, like, dark wizard sorcery that, like, harnesses anybody's curse that throws against him, and he just uses it and wields it to his potential. So, hey, man, maybe I'm doing him a favor keeping him in this spot. I still think I, like, overloaded his power last season in the playoffs when I just was like, oh, yeah, Tom's winning this week, Tom's winning this week, Tom's winning this week, so could be my fault. Who knows? It's why Mahomes has regressed, my friend. He stole his powers. 
Anyways. Uh, too good. Yeah, is that it for you for the NHL or the NFL, my friend? Yeah, man, that's it for the NFL. I do not want to talk about the NHL because what am I going to say? The same thing I said last week. Leafs look like they're going to win the cup. Montreal's the worst <laughs> team in the league. Do you see the way that they lost against Tampa Bay the other night with two goals in the final two minutes? Man, they looked like they were going to win that game. They deserved a better fate. What a joke. <laughs> um, it's okay, man. Shane Wright, here we come. Let's go. Get out of the way, Arizona. Stop tanking so hard. <laughs> Man, Arizona looks like they're gonna go for Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. Could get both and then build a super team. Who knows? <laughs> oh man, who knows? Hey, look, we've seen what happens when someone like Scotty joins our organization. So I'm hoping for Shane Wright or insert you know new stud kid here for your boys. But it's tough, man. It's a tough time. But hey, at least we got basketball, right? The NBA is flourishing right now. Absolutely flourishing, my friend. Um, let's talk about it. Well, I mean, you know me. I got to get injuries out of the way. Not quite last week where we had, I don't know, like 20 people maybe with fresh injuries. This week's a little bit less. Scary one to start, though. CJ McCollum, collapsed lung versus the Celtics on December 4th. Like, scary injury. I'm pretty sure he, like, broke a rib partially and that might have punctured it or whatever. He's got air. But tough for the Blazers who are already struggling right now. Absolutely tough, man. Uh, it sucks to lose a player like him. Um, again, I think they're without their GM too. Their coach, Chauncey Billups, I don't know if he's meshing well with the team. Dame Lillard looking for a $50 million contract. What is going on with those Blazers, my friend? Yeah, it's it's a weird time. And kind of funny, like not funny, but like unfortunate that this happens like the day after the Ben Simmons trade rumors start again, where it was like, oh yeah, we could maybe trade CJ. And then injury for cj it's like nothing is working out for this blazers team and i made a comment matt weeks ago before the nba started that this blazers team was basically just pushing a large boulder up the hill and when i mean the team i mean damian lillard and he's still trying he he wants that contract he doesn't want to leave you know he bleeds portland but at the same time like damn my dude they're what 11 and 14 they're not doing well recently like i feel bad for the blazers a little bit yeah, man, 11 and 15 is not a great start for them. And they actually had a decent start to the season, too. They were above 500, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of starting to fall apart. And the writing's on the wall, man. If he wants to go down as a loyal Portland Trailblazer um, and the best player in franchise history, um, yeah, for sure. Take that $50 million contract and run. Go to the bank. But if you want to win championships, man, you're not going to do it with the Portland Trailblazers. Get out of there. The win- The window's just not open, right? Because Dame is 30? Is he 30? 32. Right? I was going to say, he's on the wrong side of 30, and this team is looking like they probably have to rebuild to become competent again. So exactly. tough, tough for him. But yeah, let's move on now. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks, a team that I feel like I've kind of ignored or just like not been paying attention to this season. Role player, Solomon Hill. He's got a torn hamstring. Tough for them because I'm pretty sure DeAndre Hunter is still out. Pretty sure Bogdanovich is missing a little bit of time right now. The Hawks are still relevant, but they're dealing with some injuries right now. Yeah, man, they're fighting through it, but you know, they're I think they're holding on to that final eight seed in the in the East, so they're hanging in there. Um, that Eastern Conference is pretty tight. Um, if you look at the 15 and 11 Miami and Washington teams, then you got 14, 11, 76ers, us at 11 and 14, um, all the way down at like what 12, like. That's a packed, yeah. packed group from from five to a, five to twelve, and it could change. We were saying this last year, um, but the NBA is getting getting into a parity situation where it's all these teams are, are looking really strong right now. So Atlanta fighting through those injuries and, and sticking in the eight seed there is pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to what the Bucks are doing, except you know the Bucks are a championship contender, and Drew Holiday is back, right? Because Brooke Lopez, he's officially had surgery on his back. He's going to be out at least until March. I'm never okay with an injury, but I will say Bobby Portis is on my fantasy team, and he has been destroying it, eating it every single night since Brooke Lopez went down. So, you know, I'm getting some more fantasy luck going my way, but I I don't like that it's coming off of an injury of another player. Crazy he was out of the league at one point, eh? I know. Yeah, it's insane, right? Absolutely wild, man. Oh, man, TJ Warren uh, needs surgery to repair a stress fracture in his foot. Um, is this guy ever going to be healthy after what he showed in the bubble? It sucks, man. He teased it so hard with those 50-point games, and then all, he hasn't been able to stay healthy for a long stretch since. Yeah, his his injury recovery on this foot has just not been going well. And, I mean, you know, this will roll us really nicely into a bit of a trade market talk because apparently the Pacers, they are blowing it up. You know, Turner, Sabonis, everybody's kind of on the table. They want to go young. It's gotten me and Matt very, very excited for two center-like players that, you know, most likely will not end up on our team because the Raptors probably don't have enough to offer. But, oh, what we wouldn't give to get a Turner or a Sabonis to join our current roster. Man, to get a Miles Turner on our roster, which I think I do love Sabonis' offense, and I think he's more of a solution to our half-court offense. But I think Turner fixes our roster more as a whole. Um, and then it allows Freddie, it allows Gary Trent Jr., um, OG, a little bit more space to work because now he's attracting players more down low where we don't really have anybody to track down low. You know, teams can think, teams can leave a precious Achua, a Chris Boucher down low and rotate late to get to him to block. Mm-hmm. You know, I- Turner is one of those players that, like, I would love to see on the Atlanta Hawks, for example, playing with, like, Trey Young. Because he, you know what I mean? Like, he has the ability to roll to the basket and put in work. The problem is, is that, according to him and according to the organization, he is a glorified role player. Matt, I have to say this quote that he said in an interview, I think, yesterday, because I've never heard a player talk about the organization like this. In his words... It's clear that I'm not valued as anything more than a glorified role player here, and I want something more, more opportunity. I'm trying hard to make the role that I'm given here work and find a way to maximize it. I've been trying to the past two, three seasons. The guy's been averaging like eight and a half points this season. He's been a rebounding monster, a defensive monster, but he feels like he can do more and he wants a great opportunity. And at 25, I think he's 25, Matt. I could see Turner joining like a rocket situation, a true rebuilding team, and going off, becoming Christian Wood, becoming Jeremy Grant type situation. But I'd much rather he join the Raptors and become a 12 to 15 point per game inside presence who dominates on the board and can give us more options. I just don't know how we make it happen. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I'm even on this this Pacers team. He's averaging 13 points, uh, seven and a half rebounds. Um, he only he plays about 30 minutes a game. He's got an 18.4 per, uh, but he only gets utilized about 17% of the time. He's got some decent shooting percentages, but you're right. Like, There's just not enough trade assets on our team to get him in terms of what they're looking for. Because exactly. you and I just had this argument before the podcast, is that I would give up Siakam, and as much as you were agreeing that you would love to give up Siakam for him, is that the 
Indiana Pacers aren't going to want Siakam. Siakam's a current star. They want a future star, or they want a potential to grab a future star. And Siakam doesn't give them that option. I mean, maybe we could trade Siakam for picks in a third-team deal where some picks are going one way and Miles Turner's going our way and Siakam's going the way of the picks, but it's, it's going to be a tough one, man. The hope that I have is that I know the Pacers aren't rushed. They're taking their time. They kind of know that this season is kind of bums at this point in time, and they know that they're not rushed because, you know, the trade deadline is still two months away at this point in time. But I have hope that if it's going to happen for us, right, that the organization is going to figure out how to make that third team deal work because we have to rope in another team. And we discussed the idea of how Barnes, OG, and Siakam are kind of stuck in this situation of three guys who really only fit two positions that are open for our team and none of them are bench players like I don't want to put Barnes on the bench because then his opportunities go down I'm not going to put Siakam on the bench because you can't put a player who makes that much money coming off the bench like that in our organization and OG like his worst factor I guess is the fact that he's slightly injury prone he gets injured every single year but that's not going to stop me from wanting to keep him on the roster so as me and Matt have figured out Siakam's the odd man out. He really is. And as unfortunate as it is for me to want to let him go, the effort hasn't been there. Now, the guy killed it this week, right, man? Like, he was obviously listening to us, and he went off. But if we're going to make a trade, if we're going to find the center that we need, the big that we need, Siakam, Siakam needs to looks be like the answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Siakam needs to be involved in one way or the other. guy like uh, Malachi Flynn, or I hate to say it, Delano Banton, um, our fringe pieces that we can include, our draft picks I would, I'd be willing to include, even a guy like a Chua. If we can get a center for Chua, you know, like yeah. that would be something that I would do in a heartbeat. Um, so definitely definitely some options out on the trade market, especially with the, with the Blazers blowing it up, or with the Pacers blowing it up. But if the Blazers blow it up too, man, there could be a lot of trade partners out there before the, the trade deadline, which I think it's in March, man. So I think it's even like three, four months oh, wow. away. Yeah, so it's a while. I think it's early March or late February. So we got we got tons of time still um, and tons of time for teams to do some, some winning and some losing, you know, because right now there are some crazy streaks going on in the NBA. Look at those Pistons losing 10, 10 straight. And look at the Rockets, man. Seven straight longest win streak in the NBA like we talked about. Just okay, wild. We have we have to talk about the Rockets a little bit more because while I've not watched any of these wins because I mean, the fifteen game losing streak, why would I want to watch the team after this? They've been killing it. They've been winning relatively consistent consistently. I mentioned it. Christian Wood going to the five has been great. Matt, you know they went on this win streak since Jalen Green went down? And there's this whole conversation happening right now where, is this team better without Jalen Green, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, he is the second overall pick for a reason. He's come out struggling shooting. Very, very young. Give him some time. And that's not, that's not the main reason. The main reason is this decision to have Daniel Tice go to the bench, not try to run this double big man situation that's working in Cleveland because Evan Mobley is a rookie of the year style center. I love I love the fact that the Rockets are on our win streak. It's not sustainable. It's no way that it keeps happening. Like they're not suddenly a playoff team. See, see but you to say get these that, wins is sick. You say that, but their their eight game win or their seven game win streak here includes wins against the Bulls <laughs> and the Hornets. Yeah. And just recently, last night, they beat the Nets. So those are some really good teams that they beat there. I, they're gonna have to beat the Bucks and the Grizz and the Hawks. Um, which I think that's going to end one of their... They're not going to get to 10 games here. They're, one of their those three teams is going to beat them. 
Um, but they're doing it with a repeatable style, man. Like you said, Christian Wood at the five, putting mm-hmm. Daniel Tice, who we both know what <laughs> what kind of impact he can have on a team um, in the negative way. Um, you know, keeping him on the bench has been good for them. So it's it's repeatable. It's definitely, definitely repeatable for them. It's just whether or not they can keep keep it going at this rate, which I think that is probably not so repeatable to keep winning at this rate. And I and I can't not mention Steven Silas, the coach of this team. Like he was brought in for James Harden for this whole Westbrook situation, and now he's got this rebuild, and he's definitely been putting in work this past week to be a part of this win streak. So, you know, awesome for the Rockets. You know, hopefully it continues, but yeah, who knows at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It's it's wild up in the air. That Western Conference, though, we have two teams that are head and shoulders, I think, above the league in terms of Golden State, yeah. Phoenix. Um, I think Utah is in that upper tier, the probably the second tier of, of class teams, you know, where your Brooklyn's, your Chicago's, your Milwaukee's, Miami's reside. Um, and then you got a whole bunch in the third tier: um, Memphis, Clippers, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, Lakers. Like so many that would fall in with the 76ers, Cleveland, Boston, New Yorks, you know, and us. So I think I think the NBA is uh, is pretty, you know, starting to sift out here, and we're starting to see where all the the good teams are and and where the championship hopes lie. And I think it's it's laying out in the desert, man, with with Phoenix or in uh, the Bay Area with with uh, GS. I mean, we've you know they had those two matchups that we got to see this week, right? And and at the end of the day, you're right. It's clearly Golden State and Phoenix up here. And the fact that Clay Thompson is maybe two, three weeks away from this Golden State team, who I mean, I don't know if I mentioned Andrew Wiggins last week, but I have to bring him up again. He has found such a good place for him in the NBA now with this organization. A player who was supposed to come in, had all this hype for it, and unlike LeBron, fell short, didn't live up to it, and kind of was just kind of middling, you know, put up good numbers but was never efficient. But to join this Golden State team, to become the second scoring cog, third scoring cog, whatever they really need, while still playing good basketball player, Andrew Wiggins is an elite role player on an amazing team right now, and I can't not bring it up, even if I did last week. Dude, he's probably their, I think, third or fourth best player on their team at the moment right now. Um, you could even make the argument that he's better than Draymond Green, uh, that he could be their second best, second most important player behind Steph Curry. Um, yeah. And they're the best team in the NBA record-wise. I, I think Phoenix can give them a run for their money, and they've got a great roster too. Um, they, they did beat the Suns without without Devin Booker, but, I mean, they right. don't have Clay Thompson, so, you know, splitting hairs here um but again you're right these teams are so good um that i I think that they're the ones that are going to bring home the chip um a team that they both played this week that i want to shout out this guy who's having a monster season Dejounte murray and the spurs we thought the spurs were dead in the water we thought greg popovich had nothing left in his bag of tricks but at 8 and 15 they're not doing well uh, but Murray is having the season of a lifetime for himself. Yeah. 19 points, 8.5 rebounds, 8.5 assists. These are like lebron light numbers. Um, the guy is just absolutely unreal, averaging two steals a game as well. What an absolute phenomenal season for this guy. Wow. Shout out to Austin and the Perth Dunkaroos who picked up DeJounte when nobody else thought that he was going to be amazing. Yeah, sad over here. But like... Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with this Spurs team, right? Eight fifteen, not an impressive record, but 
I mean, I was expecting them to be where they are. So, you know, or I, I be can't, under, can't upset. under New Orleans at 7 and 20, you know? <laughs> yeah, those, what those was I Pelicans. Thinking? Uh, hey, man, Zion might come back and play. They got nothing. No. Again, I'm sorry, Pelicans fans. Who knows what's going to happen with that organization? The Jonas Valanciunas, um, Stephen Adams trade is looking awful for the Pelicans right now. Just saying. Absolutely. For the Pelicans? What are you talking about, man? JV's been dominating. Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess JV's it's worked out for both monster. of them. It's been a mo- it, it just Pelicans have been bad, but JV's been an absolute monster, man. He's, what, the second highest rated player in fantasy? Do I have to bring up the stat that I talked about last week where he and Steph Curry are the only players this season with 35-plus points, 10-plus uh, rebounds, and 7-plus three points made in the game? Come on, man. Don't talk about I JV mean, like that. I mean, I know, especially since he's on my team. But it's just like it hurts when you have a guy who's doing these things on a team that is literally the worst team in the NBA right now. So that's With Brandon about. Ingram, with uh, Zion Williamson. Granted, those guys have been hurt for a lot of the season. Though. Yeah. Man, we could talk about the top of the Eastern Conference, you know, Brooklyn rolling along, Milwaukee doing their thing, uh, Miami, Washington secretly there, Philadelphia climbing up. But, man, I want to talk about our Raptors. I think we should just roll into Raptors chat. We should have a, a good long one this week because we actually had a decent week. Last night's game, I think I want to start with that one, ended in such a sad fashion. How did we yeah. not win this game, my friend? How? I don't get it. I was I was sad to miss it because I was on the ski hill, obviously. But you know, sometimes things happen, right? Like there was the big swings back and forth. It's OKC, you know. If you fall asleep on the Thunder, thinking that hey they're a tanking team, you know we're up. This is gonna happen to us, right? You're gonna get losses, and I mean six to twelve in steals, right? OKC was putting in the work trying to make sure that they had the ball and like I think the only thing that we won last night was the offensive rebounding game right and that's something that we lose on the regular so for me you know we lost because you know Champagne couldn't get that tip in yeah at the end of the day but we were this close to a 3-0 week Matt which is pretty exciting considering what we've gone through the past little while you know dude it was very exciting to almost be at a 3-0 week um, that Champagne tip was so close to being in. Um, we let them have this huge run at the end of that third quarter, man. You're right. We fell asleep on them, and they just they were shooting so well. Um, I remember the announcer saying um, they haven't shot this well all season. And then we had a great little shooting shooting run at the end of the fourth there. I mean, really on the back of Fred Van Vliet. Um, Champagne hit some nice ones. And then he was almost the hero with that tip in. But it was a last second, a little bit too late. Your boy, Mike, Mike Muscala, he killed us with that dagger three. <laughs> it was a tough one to swallow, though, because we should have won it. Watching Shea play last night, I could just just imagine him in a Raptors uniform, and I just wish we had it. But oh, so it was a tough one, man, because 3-0 week, I'm telling you, 12-13 and 13 is a lot, lot better than 11-14. and 14. It puts us at, at the likes of New York. Um, one game behind Boston, you know, right in that log jam. So 11, 11 and 14 hurts a little bit more. You know, it really does. But it was a cool game. Like, I'm I'm sad that I missed it. You know, having having Barnes shooting seven three-pointers, right? Like, he only made two of them last night. But, like, the guy went 
three for six, I believe, against the Bucks in our win. Like, ever since Nurse came out and made a comment that Barnes needs to shoot more, like, he's just doing it. And he's confident because he knows that there's other parts of his game that work. And, like, the consistent rebounding, the consistent assists that are coming out of him, like, rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes, please. Dude, what he's doing, the shooting is opening up a little bit more for him because now people actually have to take him seriously. Um, He's been hitting some, like, you know, just step into threes, like, just run up the court, just get a pass, jump three. Like, he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's shooting almost 35% from deep this season as a rookie where shooting is his biggest issue. Um, I think he's been, you know, phenomenal, man. He is the story of our season. He's the story of our team. Um, even if we don't make the playoffs to play in this year, he will be, have been well worth it for all Raptors fans to, to tune in and watch a game because he's been he's been absolutely phenomenal, man. Um, absolutely the best. I love Scotty. One day, I really hope that he can, like, live up to my earlier words of that he's like a Giannis-Kawhi hybrid that's been smashed together because it's crazy. We're kind of seeing these things. Like, when he makes, I forget which game it was, but when he makes that fake handoff pass before just bulldozing to the net for a dunk, like, Giannis. When you see him have those little moments where he's he's he's, he's getting to his spot, he's just doing a pull-up shot, like, you know, the defense is there like Kawhi was. Like, it's so crazy that we get to see all these beautiful moments from a kid who is 20, 19. He's so young. 20, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And and you're right, man. Like, and Giannis, no defensive slouch himself, former defensive player of the year. But his shooting stroke is almost mechanical and robotic like Kawhi's, which is kind of interesting. He does. He's, he's a good smash mouth between them. Um, the fact that he's almost got a 20 per through 23 games of a rookie season um is just phenomenal for me um i could i could talk about scotty barnes all day and what he does for this team but unfortunately um we got to talk about the other guys man we, we got to talk about a guy like siakam who had a phenomenal week 25 points eight rebounds four assists shooting 57 percent from deep this week um probably one of the reasons why we go two and one why we beat the bucks why we beat the wizards who are currently in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. What a what a weird, weird thought. But, man, can he do this consistently enough to, for us to keep him? I know we were talking about trading him, but do you think he can be consistent enough for us to keep him at this? Because if he does this all the time, I'd keep him. My hope is that this is the upward trajectory that we were waiting for, considering that he was coming off of surgery, because he was coming off of injury, coming off of the worst postseason of his career, you know? All of these things that may have piled up, messed with his mental, messed with this. Think about the number of shots that he missed at the end of games last season. That's got to take a toll on a guy, right? So my hope is that we're starting to see the fruits of the labor of his game starting to come back to him, of him getting over the injury concerns, getting his conditioning back, and becoming that all-NBA player that we had a few years ago, the guy who knew what he was doing, he knew his shots, he knew his positions, he knew how to play his game as the number two on that championship team. And that is where the question mark will always stand, because we know he's got the skill, but being that number one option, there hasn't been enough consistency for it. So can he keep it up? Let's hope. Because otherwise, there's a reason why we talk about trades all the time. It just is what it is. You know, Matt? Yeah, I know. Absolutely. 
I, we're four and ten with with Siakam in our lineup, and seven and four without him. Um, you know, we'll talk about it every week that the, the record gets better or worse. It got better this week just by a little bit. Um, but he was he was positive in all the games that we played this week, and that there's a reason for it. Um, he's he's finding his fit with Barnes, I think, a little bit more. Um, our rotating defense, as opposed to being a, more of a flyby defense now, has has been stopping in front of the the ball handler a little bit more, um, which is actually creating the switch defense that we hope for. Um, and is is kind of the reason why we're, we're on this upward trajectory. Our defense has been getting back on track, which I think yeah. when we add OG and Ken back, we should be right back in the mix for one of the best defenses in the league. It's the it's the gaining chemistry, right? Like I've been sad with OG out, especially my fantasy team, and I've been very sad for Cam out because I think he he gives us so much in that center position. But you're right, the chemistry between OG between uh, Scotty and Pascal has increased. You know. I don't think Gary Trent has had a big shooting night in a couple of games, which means that he's he's bound for one eventually because that's just how it usually works, right? And and I'm seeing Fred with his great plus minus and him really stepping into that leadership role, really stepping into it. Like I'm seeing less of those 22.10 for 26 shooting nights, you know, and seeing more of those 19 point eight for 16 shooting nights with you know nine assists type of thing right like it's not perfect it's not everything that i want to see out of fred but at the same time like the chemistry is coming together and i'm just hoping that we don't have that same issue when og and chem comes back up well now we got to bring these guys back in and we're gonna miss out on this and that because we're trying to figure out numbers like it's this weird balance that nick nurse is gonna have to ride but the fact that we're figuring things out and we're still missing two of our most important players i mean i'm happy about that yeah, yeah, it, it's nice to see it coming together. I, I'm just nervous that it's not going to come together uh, in time for us to get get it rolling and get into the playoffs on a roll. Um, Gary Trent Jr. did drop 24 last night, though, buddy, on on 10 of 17. Oh, so he had a pretty good shooting night last night. <laughs> again, I missed. Again, I missed. It's last tough when you're on the ski hill so you, and you didn't <laughs> see it. But yeah, he had a good game last night. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got a pretty solid week coming up this week. I mean, what we play the Knicks on Friday. Um, then we play Sacramento on Monday Kings. and then Brooklyn on Tuesday. Um, so it's going to be a tough week. Um, I'm hoping that we can go at least 2-1 and one again. That Brooklyn game at, at the end of a back-to-back against Sacramento is going to be tough. But hopefully we can get the win against the Knicks tomorrow night and, and you know, kind of get on a streak here because we need it, man. 11-14, and 14, man. It's. Yeah. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking back to last season, right, where like we spent so much time crawling back towards 500, and then we finally got there. We got on a roll. We were doing good, and then protocols. We we lost so many games. We had so many players missing, and again, that could happen. And so the fear of just not quite being there hurts. So we need more of these two one weeks. We need three zero weeks. We need some more positive W weeks. We just need good wins as well, right? We just need the players to keep being happy, keep being consistent, and keep developing as a team. Because at the end of the day, we're a good team. We have great moments. We have a lot of young talent. And we're just kind of middling right now. And I don't want to see that from the boys. You know, our home record sucks. Like we're a better away team, which makes sense considering we played an entire season of away games. But yeah. you know, looking ahead at this week, it's it's definitely gonna to be tough. But I mean Knicks are not quite sliding, but they're not exactly doing great. And the Kings, while well, they're on a three game win streak, I think they're still the Kings. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but uh 
you know, and then and then the Nets back to back, right? That's how we're gonna feel. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, and and you know, last night we didn't even have a Chiwa, so I think hopefully he'll be good to go for tomorrow because we'll need him against Julius Randle. Um, but you know, you know who else I think has been played a key integral role in our last couple games, um, quietly with his energy and defensive intensity and hustle baskets is your boy, man. Utah Watanabe has been a key contributor to our roster. He gives us that energy in the key spot that we needed at that time. Um, he's never going to dominate a game. He's never going to be our leading scorer, um, our leading rebounder, but he is our leading hustle guy. And when you need a spark in a turnover, yeah. in a rebound, in a, making a shot, hitting a basket, getting it to the open man for a three, he seems to be the one to do it. I, and I, I see it consistently with him um, in the spot minutes that he plays. I think he got up to 18 minutes the other game. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I like what I see from him, and he's been a great role player for us. This is how you know that I'm working and not watching games. When Matt is the one bringing the Utah hype to the channel, my gosh, I, I'm i so glad to hear that because Matt knows I love Utah. I think that he's an integral core member of the team at this point. He is the epitome of bench mob. Right, like, and when he gets to come in, when Banton's having a night, when even when Boucher is going off a little bit, like it's beautiful to see. I'm so glad he's healthy. I'm so glad he's playing. Like, yeah, man. There's, I'm. I have hope, right? Like, there's a lot of good that we get to see. I'm hoping to get to sit down and watch a game or two this week coming up. But uh, yeah, man, you yeah, should because we'll it's it's really fun to watch. And uh, guys like Justin Champagny. Um, guys like Delano Banton, Scotty Barnes, who are so young on our roster, they develop every game and they look a little bit better. Our chemistry is getting better. Um, I really believe that the reason that we're one and four at this, or I mean eleven and fourteen at this point in the season, um, is because of all the issues that we've had in terms of of injuries yeah. and people rotating in and out of the lineup. Right? We started without without Siakam. Now we don't have OG and Cam. Um, we haven't had a full cohesive unit. Uh, for the full season so i'm excited to see what that does uh because we still got 60 games left here man so plenty of time to get on a roll let's also not forget that this time next week uh is december 16th which means we're after the december 15th date where certain players can start getting traded from their contracts and i think about someone like goron who's been away from the team for a little bit who is probably just waiting to either get traded or get to move on to another opportunity like you know, the next couple weeks could be exciting, not just for Raptors fans, but just fans in general, because we could start to see some movements, especially with the Pacers blowing up. Like, it's it's Christmas time in the NBA, you know? There's definitely going to be some presents under the tree for certain teams. <laughs> I love that analogy, man. Um, anything else you want to talk about with our Raptors, man? Um, or you you good to go into some Mystic Take Hawk predictions? I mean, I, I'm pretty good at the end of the day. You know, we had a positive week with the chat with the champions Raptors hat on. So, you know, I got it for round two of the podcast this week. Nice, uh, nice. No, man, I think I'm I think I'm pretty good for uh, for some takes. Uh, all right. All right, man. Well, we didn't do the NHL this week. Um, I'm going to keep it right here in my in my hot take mystic prediction. I'm feeling a one and two week for my Montreal Canadiens uh, getting us a little bit closer to Shane Wright. Those dang Arizona Coyotes just losing every single game and um uh, don't know if we'll beat them for best lottery odds, but hey, you never know. That's why they call it the lottery. Get me some Shane Wright up in Montreal because we need him. This roster sucks. 
Poor kid, poor kid. Well, I'm going to bring some more pain into your life because my prediction is a fantasy prediction. W's incoming from your boy here. It's not even going to be 5-4 like it is right now. It's going to be 6-3. Matt's going to lose in free throws. He's going to lose somewhere else. I'm going to dummy you, kid. You're going down this week. Really, man? You wanted to do this around the curse? Good luck. Good luck. I gotta try, you know. (laughs) I gotta try. Man, I need the win. I'm second. Shame. Look, even if I get a 6-3 win, you'll still be one point above me on the table, right? So unless Shane falters, which he's not doing, somehow Shane is the god of the league right now, sitting on top. But I gotta have some hope, man. I gotta believe in myself a little bit. Auto-drop, lucky mother. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right, dude. Anything else? Nah, man. I'm good. All right, perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.